Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. So I had an interesting experience the other day. We had an email come in from someone that listened to the podcast and said, I would love you to come in and do some training for my team and a strategy session. I said, fantastic. That's, that's great. That's what we hope the podcast will do. It will generate a bit of awareness about us and it will get people to come through and you know, do the things that we want them to do and make some money from it, basically. And what was amazing, when we got there, we had a chance. It's amazing. I didn't know you did any of this stuff. And I said, oh, how comes that you, you contact? She said, well, I happen to leave it playing in the background at the end. And then there's a bit at the end where you kind of semi-promote some of your stuff. You should really promote what you do more. So I've decided we're going to promote what we do a little bit more, hopefully without irritating yeah. too many of you as well. So many of you might know we have a digital marketing online learning platform for individuals. You want to upskill yourself or for your team. But also we do lots of face-to-face training. We have a whole team of trainers that go out doing face-to-face yeah. training. And we do strategy sessions where we kind of help people build their strategies. A lot of people don't realize if they book training, if you want it to be me or Kieran, it will be me or Kieran's. So there's anything you need in terms of improving your digital or upskilling around it. That's the stuff we do. For, for you or for your teams. Yeah, exactly. So do get in contact, do anything like that, and we'll be happy to help. And if we can't help, we will point you towards people that can. So uh, no harm in getting in contact. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we are going to be talking about advocacy. We are. And this is because of the constant focus on influencers. Uh, we've spoken about influencers a little bit. Every conference you go to will speak about influencers. There are guides to getting influencers. There are more and more influencers out there. And actually, what we keep on coming back to is the fact that, yes, that is important. You need to do it in the right way. Not everyone that appears to be an influencer is necessarily an influencer. But I think there is a more important piece of the puzzle that we keep missing. And that is what we really want is advocates. That is people that care enough about your stuff to say nice stuff about it. Not just us. All marketers need this, right? Completely. And I, I actually think the ideal scenario is that you build advocates, you build advocacy, uh, and actually, if you think about any really good marketing, you know, word of mouth would, would lead you to having that advocacy. But really, in an ideal world, you'd have influencers that were advocates. Yeah, that's a real sweet spot. So, both, so both the fans and an, an influencer. Yeah, so if you've got access to the audience I want, plus you actually care about my stuff, there's a real opportunity there. So I think what we need to really be focusing on is if we focus on advocacy, we will end up building it. And we'll build it within potential influence as well. So let me just explain. Let's right, put the whole okay. thing in context. This is getting very complicated. Well, I just think the reality <laughs> is that there are a load of people that follow me on Twitter. And I know there are a handful of them that will always mention our stuff, will always share it, will always say nice things and share it to their audience. We love you. Thank and you. These are our, our advocates. And actually, we should be nurturing them and focusing on them more. And we do, actually, than we do influencers. Because what that means is you've got people that will leave reviews for you that will share to their audience, although their audience might not be massive, but they will make nice comments that other people will see. And it really builds that much more persuasive part of marketing. Well, it's genuine rather than just being for cash. Yeah, completely. I mean, now influencer marketing doesn't just need to be for cash. I mean, very clearly it could be that someone is engaged, they've been given a product for free, they're, you know, all that is payment in the terms. I'm, I'm going to challenge you on this. Name me yeah. one big, like, big player influencer that just, does stuff all the time for free out of love of what they they find and do i think it depends on who you define as an influence and when's big so mm-hmm. if you are talking okay. a uh, a zoella 
she is of sufficient celebrity that she can charge for access to that audience. And I think that's perfectly valid if she is genuinely engaged with the brand. I pick Zoella, by the way, because she's one I actually quite respect and think does a good yeah, job of this. Yeah. Um, and actually, if a brand comes to her and she genuinely engages with the brand, likes the products, then fine, because she has got a massive audience yeah. to kind of go through. And if it's that kind of youth-based audience or fashion or something like that, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think you get influencers in much smaller markets. I was doing some stuff for an automotive company, big brand, their truck and van division. We were going, are there truck drivers kind of uh, that are influencers? And what we found was a couple of YouTube channels where there's this great guy that goes around with wearing like a Hero 4 cam on his head and driving and what? just going, I hate this junction. Oh, <laughs> reversing into this bay is a nightmare. Oh, this every time I get pulled over in this Waybridge and all this kind of stuff. Can we can we put his... We'll put his it in the show notes. It's actually very good and very yeah. funny because he's grumpy. <laughs> but... What it is that he's got several thousand followers and those several thousand followers are other truck drivers. That to me is an example of an influencer. If you went to him and said, I have got this product, I would love you to try it and give your opinion. He would be more likely to do it without being paid because some, yeah. the, the fact someone actually genuinely cared about his opinion. Yeah. So I think there is that level of influence that's out there. And, and actually you can turn those people into advocates fairly easily. There's something um, that a number of people have spoken about uh seth godin who i'm a huge fan of and everything he writes everything he reads i could i could listen to and read a thousand times but he talks about having you know, a thousand or a hundred true fans and actually you should build products or services for those kind of true fans and i think you, you'll have variations of that in various places but if you have got an audience of people that are really passionate and love your stuff because you've built up something they like and you provide value and you are responsive to them I think there's a big opportunity in that space and we're not doing enough of it really. And actually you could have 50 advocates rather than having one influencer and you could manage it accordingly. But this comes down to social actually being social. And we've been guilty of this and we were discussing this earlier on actually. So we're going to talk about LinkedIn in another episode, but we were talking about how can we make a LinkedIn group work? And the problem with LinkedIn groups, as you're probably aware, is you get bombarded with loads of people trying to promote their own stuff. There's very little actual conversation going on and it's a lot of shouting. Mm-hmm. as as is a lot of social media and i mean we're guilty of this in certain places well i'm sure but really the genuine conversation if i look at our advocates i can sit here and probably think of i know who they are i know probably yep. where they live half them i know what they're interested in i know what really floats their boat so and basically so you're a stalker well i think i've actually <laughs> more than that i've got friends i would say it's slight difference i would say kieran but you know you may look at it like that but what i, what I mean is that these are actual genuine real world contacts and i yeah. i went through my linkedin list looking at who will I actually on here call an advocate. Yeah. And I went through it and I think 80% of them I knew in the real world. Yeah. Now I may have met them at a conference or show, I've spoken on the phone. There are some in countries I've never met, but we've emailed repeatedly and so on. So actually these are real social relationships. Yeah. And it comes down to the basics of social that we're seeing transition away from some social platforms. We're using Facebook less maybe. We are younger audiences aren't using Twitter as much. Uh, LinkedIn groups aren't working the way they used to. So we've got a bit wise to a lot of this and we're not so taken in by the kind of broadcast level of things. So anyway, I think there's a big space to be explored with advocates rather than influencers. In an ideal world, your advocates would be influencers as well. That would give you a great opportunity. How do you build advocacy? We provide value. It's no different to what we've said, but actually you really engage with people and you actually show genuine interest and care for someone. So if someone says, oh, I really like that, you're going to thank you. 
them. You ask them yeah. why. You maybe ask, could we do something specifically for you? Yeah. Out of the blue, we will do these little delights where we'll send people signed books and things like that when they haven't even expected them. Um, so just trying to find ways of kind of delighting and engaging with people. It's, it's about keeping, I think the challenge here is keeping it genuine. You know, I, I think one of the worst things that you could, could do would be sort of the social media equivalent of, um, think of an example, say the, the, the manager that's been on that course that tells you you should touch people on the shoulder and look them straight in the <laughs> Don't eye. Don't do this, by no, the way. No. no, but do you know what? I think a lot, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of the audience will, will, will be able to remember when that became a bit of a thing and actually it had the opposite effect because it was like, oh yeah, he's done the course. And actually it was so, it was so like ungenuine. Well, here, in, here, here lies the rub. If you're a large brand, how do you do this at scale? Mm. And the idea that you can stick everyone in a spreadsheet and send them all the same stuff doesn't work. And actually, you, some you, of the really smart brands that I've dealt with have, rather than having marketing managers, they have community managers. You don't want to be known within your space as a thanker. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, this is safe for family, family viewing. Um, and the, yeah, I completely agree. And I think the reality is that you can go through and you can do this at scale. You need to put a resource time to do it and accept that it is reasonably time-consuming. But rather than throwing money at the problem, you can actually create genuine human engagement. So Brandwatch is a brand that I've always respected for this, that they are a social you know, monitoring tool. Mm -hmm. But actually, most of their marketing is done through these community managers that go off to what they would probably call influencers and start building real relationships with them. And they don't pay their influencers. They might give them the tool for free, actually, which I guess is a form of payment. But actually, it's going, oh, I'd love your opinion on this. We'd love to do this for you if you could do this for us. And it just builds a bit more of a real relationship. Where this becomes really important is when you start getting to things like reviews. And there's, there's two things. There's one is it doesn't matter who leaves you an online review because actually a review is valuable, whoever it's from. So you don't need it to be influencers. It could be an advocate that's got 10 followers. It doesn't matter. It means that's still got a value to you. Um, also, from that point of view, negative reviews are an opportunity. We've seen this ourselves on a number of channels where someone says something negative and actually quite grumpy sometimes. And if you feedback, oh, well, I'm sorry about that. I mean, there's a review recently that was kind of like this. I'm going to go into yeah, the detail maybe. Yeah, but we, we had one of our Twitter followers got in touch and just sort of said, oh, do you know what recent episode? I felt the content was a bit thin. And actually, we went back to him and said, oh, "Yeah, we're sorry. You thought thought that. Uh, any suggestions on like other topics you'd you'd want to want to cover?" And actually, when he came back, he was like, "Oh, thanks for for, for that." So he completely sort of turned it around. But actually, yeah, there's every cloud has a silver lining, and I think very often it's it's about how you react rather than what's necessarily being being said. Yeah, we had one recently where um, an academic had decided to come in. And one of his students had said something. I I was about to, oh, I did react to the student. We're having a nice chat. <laughs> you did. And then and then the academic came in. Oh, this is just rubbish. Their social media is useless. They don't know anything useful. So I I responded and said, well, actually, maybe you're looking at the wrong metrics, and maybe you should have a little look at etiquette online, yeah. which wasn't actually the it wasn't normally the response I'd take. I'd actually be a lot politer and, and placatory normally. But then after all this conversation happened, he went, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And then I went back, no harm intent. And, you know, it's just yeah. having that conversation yeah. without allowing it to escalate. Maybe I didn't do that perfectly right. But um, the opportunity is getting these positive reviews, encouraging those positive reviews, but also dealing with the negative reviews and well, trying to help those people understand you do care and you are listening. Yeah, but it's more than that. Because I think if there is negativity that comes through, the first thing i always try and do is is look at the positive behind mm. that okay is there something we can learn for the from, from this is something we can gain gain from this and actually if you can turn it around into a, a positive because absolutely like nobody's perfect everybody 
you know, potentially makes makes the odd slip up and stuff. And what, you know, one of the things in the back of my mind when I was dealing with, with, with that particular query was, well, you know, actually a lot of people aren't perhaps as advanced as, as as you are. And, you know, we've had a lot of really positive feedback about that particular episode. But do you know what? In that instance, that really wasn't relevant. Because, <laughs> it's not helpful. No, well, Maybe no, you because, just didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but no, because it's not. Because for him, That's very he, it was a very valid point for, for him. And actually it was really valuable for me because it caused me to stop and reflect and think about some stuff that we could do um, to, to address that. So, you know, a positive outcome wa- was reached. So I think with this, what you're looking to do is, is really build a fan base of people who actually care and are genuinely interested. And what that means is you will drive positive reviews, you will amplify what you're doing. If anyone says anything negative, they will come to your aid a little bit. So sometimes you don't even need to respond. And that's a really important point. You will get some people that will just say negative stuff about you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you keep responding to that, you're just feeding it and giving it more energy. Whereas actually if a third party comes in and says, look, actually they've done their best to do this, they're being really reasonable with you, maybe you should just stop. Mm-hmm that actually nips it in the bud. And we've had a couple of cases where we've seen that happening in LinkedIn groups and places like that. So uh, give you an example, the Chartered Institute of Marketing had really rebranded. They changed their management team. They were changing their content. And there were some people that would always come into their groups and talk about stuff that was happening 10 years ago. Well, it hasn't changed in 10 years. And it didn't matter what they did. That wasn't changing. And it took a couple of third parties to get so fed up with it and come in. And actually... Just by creating advocacy, that was more likely to happen. Mm. So I think it's it's hugely important, but it should be part of your process. And this is the key to keep it real, but also allow it to scale. So where I think this really fits in and where it's missing in most cases is if you build it into your content calendar process. Mm. So in our, and you can download our content calendar, we'll put it into the show notes again, in that you can go in and you're planning what content you're pushing out across what channels. And then you should have a column that just says advocates. And it basically is you thinking, of all the people that like our stuff, who should we get this in front of? And maybe say to them, look, we're publishing this next week, but you can have it a week early. Just going to signpost it to you and do what you want with it. Or um, what do you think of this before we put it out into the real world? Or we've got an event coming up that we're speaking at. We'd love you to come along. But just just kind of letting them know early or engaging them early on and reward them in some way if you can. Now, I do the same thing for influencers. And the value I provide to them might be slightly different. But it's just making sure they're part of the ongoing conversation and you're including them on an ongoing basis. And it's formalized. And you have a list of them pre-identified. Mm. So across each channel, these are our, our advocates and these are the people we should be rewarding and doing things about. And why haven't we spoken to that person in a while? And you could be constantly looking to to build that list of adv- advocates as you, you know, grow your friendship base and, and work with more more people. It's entirely possible to, you know, to, to grow that so that this actually can be something that does start to scale i think there's still got to be a level of you know genuineness about those actual relationships i think it comes down to how you feel about them and how they feel about you and that should be good should be a good thing a good feeling that comes out of that rather than a yeah meh yeah i mean give them something exclusive do actually give them some value i mean it's good saying thank you and it's good you know genuinely kind of being grateful but at the same time you need to give them something of value which might be exclusive access early access um, putting them in a certain group. I mean, you can create email lists where uh, this is just for our exclusive kind of group of advocates and actually you get X, Y, and Z as a benefit of that. But you've got to be careful. It doesn't just turn into another list that you're just blasting stuff out to. Yeah. So so I think, have a play around this. A couple of tools that I've used that have been useful for this. Um, Follower Wonk is an interesting one. <laughs> it's got a great name. It has got a great name. And it allows you to see overlaps between audiences. And what we've found is that, you know, I've got an account, Kieran's got an account or whatever social platform, we've got company accounts. You will see some certain people follow all of those accounts. 
And you just go to those people and say, do you know what? We just realized you follow us in about five different places. We're kind of grateful for that. Anything we should be doing differently. Because if they're bothering to actually follow in those places, it's worth reaching out and seeing that. And follower wonk will allow you to look at overlaps of audiences in Twitter particularly. That's quite useful for that. Go back through and it's quite easy to miss who always shares your stuff. So look at your, do the exercise of going through all your LinkedIn profiles and posts, all of your Twitter, your Facebook, and just see who are the people that regularly share your stuff. And and just build up that list. And they, those are your advocates. Yeah. I mean, the Twitter analytics is brilliant for this. You get to see, you know, who's been engaging with your, your stuff a lot. What you also see from the Twitter analytics is you can see who are those people that are sharing your stuff that has the most followers. And then you start kind of merging in with that influencer advocate piece. In an ideal world, you've got two tiers of advocates. You've got all those people that share your stuff and you're kind of really engaging with. And then you've got those people that are sharing your stuff and are influencers in their own right as well. And actually, they're hugely important to you because they're willing to say nice stuff and they've got an audience to share it to of a, of a size or the right type for what you're looking to achieve. So I think it's important. So, I mean, let's let's put this in context a little bit in terms of what we do and something we're going to try and do to improve this as well. So we get podcast reviews a lot. So you get them in iTunes uh, most of the time. And the problem is you can't actually contact those people because you see their username and there's some pretty fine usernames, which we're <laughs> going to explore in a moment. And, and you see what they've said, but there's no way then going back to them. So what we're going to start doing is if you do leave us a review in iTunes, I mean, two things to be aware of. First of all, is we will read them and we do read them and we're mm. very, very grateful for them. It makes a huge difference yeah. in terms of our visibility. So something i haven't noted yet is that reviews actually will impact your rankings in a couple of places in itunes um, it is down to number of downloads number of subscribers recency of those things but also number and quality of reviews does have an impact on the kind of algorithm behind itunes and where you show up in the chart but actually there's increasing evidence that in google uh, you get reviews in google my business uh, and you get reviews in Facebook and various other places, those Google reviews particularly are having an impact on search rankings. Now, there's lots of argument on how much, mm. but I would say it's certainly not going to hurt and it's certainly going to make you stand out. So if you can encourage your advocates to leave reviews in the places that are relevant for you, uh, and we do that. We ask people that are listening to this podcast, if you love the podcast and you're getting value, please go into iTunes and leave a review or anywhere else you can, and we're really grateful for that. It's, it's at the end of every episode. So if you don't listen through past the end credits, you wouldn't you wouldn't get it. And most people wouldn't listen past no, the end credits, no. to be honest. Um, so what we're going to start doing is at the end of each podcast, we are going to go through some of the reviews that we get, and we're going to try and feed back on them a little bit yeah. and say, grateful for that, we will definitely action this and so on. So let me just give you a couple of examples. So Kieran has sent me over a number of these reviews and one of them was titled a good point well made this was left in stitcher radio which is an android platform and uh, an iphone platform as well but it's predominantly used by android users uh and it says here kieran and daniel really know their stuff but more importantly how to present in an accessible and engaging way it's a lovely review we're very very grateful for it um, that's great but it says it's by digi don draper Okay. Now I know that handle from a Twitter account. Yeah. And then I can go off and look that person up in Twitter and go, ah, thank you very much for leaving that. We really appreciate it. So we can connect that way sometimes. Although there's no way of clicking through, I can look that person up. So we will be going through and doing that. Um, then I'll give you another kind of positive one and then I'll give you a slightly more negative <laughs> one as well. Um, then there's one down here. Uh, that is by Angry Pig Killing Chick. My favorite. Which is quite nice handle. Now I'm, I'm assuming that is based on paying Angry Birds. See, but I, it might not be. Well, it, when I read it, I wondered whether there was sort of, you know, really pro meat eating. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe who knows? We who don't knows? Know. Maybe we it's just really for fun. But we loved it. 
And it, and it says here, uh, B2B marketing, uh, it says live this series. Might have been love this series, not sure. But it said listen to nearly the entire series. They're great how-tos in every episode. Don't under- underestimate the show notes. Now, that's a really interesting <sighs> point because someone said to me, we met someone face-to-face the other day that was a big advocate of the podcast and said, do you know what? I never really bother looking at the show notes. Um, and then she did and she found out a load of stuff. So yeah. if you haven't listened to the show or looked at the show notes on the website, targetinternet.com forward slash podcast, You'll find those, but we maybe don't promote them enough. No, and know that when you read the show notes, you make me smile and you make me, <laughs> make me personally warm inside because I spend a lot of time getting them right. So a couple of nice ones there. Then uh, another one up here, and there's loads of nice ones. I should say, actually, that they outnumber the bad ones by about 100 to 1. But there's a one that here that's titled, Actually. And rather <laughs> than a, a three or a, a four or a four or five star, it's a three star. It says, how many actuallys can you get into a podcast? My ears are bleeding. Ah! <laughs> no, uh, I, I read that differently. Ah! Okay, fine. Okay, I mean, ran off screaming. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, I say actually a lot. I uh, think I might do too. Exactly. So yeah. let's not say it anymore now. I'm just going to make it worse. Well, actually. But, but that's not bad. <laughs> well, there you go. That's not bad feedback because your own vocal tics. We've both been media trained. We think we've got better at this kind of stuff. Oh, but you still do stuff. You don't I, realize. I listen to all the recordings and edit them. So I know. That I don't know that I have gotten better at it. I may be better at editing some of them out that I spot. Maybe. But. but I think we're all guilty. So it's good to get this feedback and then we can improve things as well. So thank you if you do leave reviews. But we would encourage you to do so. But it's not just about that. This is more about the broader point of getting reviews. It having an impact directly. And actually, there's a bit of a value exchange. If I'm giving you value, there's a number of things I can ask you to do. I could ask you to go and sign up for our paid-for thing, and we will do that, uh, go and sign up for our e-learning. But in reality, it's a bit of a gap between listening to a podcast when you're traveling to then going back to your computer and signing up for something. So an interim step might be, can I get you to kind of go and leave a review? Can I get you to just follow me on social media? And just building that relationship gradually, rather than just steaming in and trying to get a sale. Um, straight off the bat as well because those relationships those people might never buy your stuff but they are quite likely to encourage other people to do so and what they do do is create social signals as well so they're creating conversation they're sharing stuff and that's the stuff that google is taking notice of to some extent as well which can impact your search rankings to some extent so there's a whole myriad of reasons for doing this and i'm much more inclined now to lean towards advocates than i am influencers because i think you have a natural impact over a period of time because of that and one becomes another potentially over a period of time so make sure you've identified who those influencers are making sure you're doing something nice for them as well and build it into your process and you should start to see that paying dividends as well and if you are a fan of the podcast please leave us a review or get in contact through social media yeah. get in contact through the website send us a message through our contact form on targetinternet.com and the show notes are at targetinternet.com forward slash podcast and i'm going to just add one more thing to this every so often we we sort of push this out but you know listen if you're listening and you're enjoying the show open invitation get in touch with any questions or, or maybe there are subjects that you want us to to cover because you know it'd be great it'd be great to get that that kind of feedback and to be able to respond to that so please 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 get in get in touch you can go through to the show notes and get in touch via via the website or, or through twitter and bear in mind when we say this people think yeah they don't really mean that we do actually yeah. most people who get in contact we do cover the subjects they ask us to cover yeah. uh so do get in contact so speak to you soon again on the digital marketing podcast Thanks very much for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you want to continue your learning in digital marketing, get over to targetinternet.com and sign up for the free trial of our digital marketing e-learning platform. 
There's over 140 bite-sized courses for you to try and lots of other learning resources as well. So get on there and sign up for the free trial.